Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Smart Cities Chronicles, your podcast for everything smart cities, action, investment, and outcomes. Uh, my name is Adam Beck, your host. As you know, hopefully, as a returning listener, my day job is Executive Director at the Smart Cities Council here in the Australia and New Zealand region. Episode 51 of the Chronicles today, uh, we take a bit of a different uh, sort of tack with this interview. Um, we have in the past on many episodes explored and unpacked sort of the digital transformation journey uh, of many local authorities uh, scattered around not only Australia and New Zealand, but internationally. Um, but we've really gone inside and had a conversation uh, with, the, with the private sector and the supply side. And today I'm delighted to have uh, with me on this uh, episode of the Chronicles, uh, Amy Baxendale, who is Interim Regional HR Director for, Asia, for Australia Pacific at uh, our member company, Arcadis. Amy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Adam. So, uh, so as I mentioned, this is going to be an interesting one. We haven't had a conversation with the private sector before about how they're embracing and embarking on um, sort of everything in the new world of, of disruption and, and digital transformation. Um, Amy, to start with, um, let's give our listeners a bit of an overview of, of who you are and what you do. Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, so as Adam says, I'm Amy Baxendale. So my role at Arcadis at the moment is the interim HR director. Um, I've been with Arcadis about 15 years, um, eight and a half in the UK, four and a half in the Middle East and here in Australia the last just over two years. Um, so my role in the organisations, I've had various, various roles over the years, most recently um, since April taken on the HR director role, but as part of my previous role and I've continued now is responsible for the people and change transformation of our digital agenda as well. Amy, we, um, uh, we often hear in the smart cities world, um, a number of people say that, you know, smart cities need smart people. So you're in the HR business, which is, I suppose, uh, predominantly a, a, a people business. Can I start with a, um, with lobbying over to you a, a broad question in the world of HR, and people and change. Give me a thumbnail sketch of what the last 15 years have looked, at, looked like and maybe a couple of milestones or, or key observations along the way in your world and in, in your profession. In the profession of HR generally or hmm. in our industry? Yeah, yeah HR. Yeah, so I think, um, to be fair, I guess it's the same for a lot of uh, different professions. It's all around the real shift towards the experience piece. So whether that's client experience, human experience, employee experience, um, I think certainly from an HR profession, it's moved very much away from, uh, I guess, the tactical, reactive, um, operational side of HR. Um, and what's often known as, um, you know, in the past, much more of the kind of legal side and I guess the policing of the organization mm. um, to much more around how we create an environment that attracts, uh, retains and develops uh, the best talent. Um, and that talent obviously has needed to change and evolve over the years, um, over the years as well. So it's, it's a constantly, um, constantly changing piece for us. But yeah, for me, fundamentally, it's around that attraction and retention of um, diversifying talent. So the, um, the uh, inclusion, I guess for us, it's, it's, it's been all around how do we attract the great talent, but then really make sure we're an organization that's inclusive to make people be able to progress their careers, regardless of their backgrounds um, and regardless of where they want to go in, 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 from a career perspective. 
so as I say, for me, whilst for, as an organization, we're very much focused on our um, client experience within our organization. It's very much about the um, employee experience and how we make sure that we are the best place to work and people come to us and see how they can grow and develop their careers, regardless how, of how they see that going. Uh, Amy, is it, is it as tough as they say in terms of attracting and retaining talent these days? Like the war on talent, is it, is it as tough as we hear out there? Yeah, I think, of course, but I think the, the war continues to evolve. I don't think it's the, the same as it was 15 years ago. I think the reality now is with the gig economy, um, that, that individuals want um, employee, um, like career experiences. So the days of one organisation for life are very much gone. And what people want is those gigs that mean that they're building different experiences to grow their careers in, in different ways. So as an organisation, you're always looking to how do you create an environment that gives people those experiences they need at that point in time it might well then be they go and move on to another organization and do something completely different but you want to create an environment that means you're an organization they'd want to come back to or they'd want to work with in, in the future so yeah I think there's definitely still the war but I think the war's changed um, and I think it's very much an employee-led um, environment now so it's all about how you how you create an organization where people want to join um, and stay for that period of their of their career um, the world you know the 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 um sorry the environment for us um is very hot at the moment so you know there are for for employees there are you know lots of lots of opportunities out there so it's it's how we um yeah give them the best opportunities they can whilst they're with us and recognize that might not be for 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 a long-term career but they might come back um to us in the future um uh, let, let's let's sort of um slowly build up to what we're going to talk about in, in terms of uh, the digital transformation, culture change journey mm -hmm. that, that you guys have been on as an organization. Um, but, but let's start with, uh, with the organization. Let's start with Arcadis. A number of our listeners, of course, would be uh, familiar um, with the firm. For those that aren't, um, Amy, let's start with a, a quick bio of Arcadis and, and what it is and what it does, if that's okay. Yeah, okay. So um, Arcadis, we're a Dutch um, design engineering organisation. And so we work around the whole of the client's asset life cycle. So we're about 27,000 people globally. Um, here in Australia, we're just over 1,000 people. Um, and very much we're here to operate with our clients around um, both the, from the creation, the operation, the redefining and the planning of assets. So the idea is we're at the forefront of our client's mind, regardless of where they are in that, um, in that asset life cycle. And then really for us, it's around not just that asset life cycle, but the human experience as well. So how do we use knowledge transfer and data and insights to ensure that as a, um, as a client, as a human in that client interaction, they're having the, getting the insights they need, we're providing the services, and they're having the experience um, as an organization. So um, as I say, we work within Australia, very much um, known in the infrastructure market. So a lot of uh, the major roads, rail, um, or um, metro projects, um, and then, but we also work across program management, cost management, asset management, environment, et cetera. So a real diverse, um, range of um, organizations and clients that we work for. Okay. So um, a, a sort of built and natural environment consultancy, you sort of shape a lot of what happens in our cities and regions. Um, yeah. So on that piece with, with, with that lens, sort of the built environment, the natural environment, um, how, 
how is that changing? How is that being influenced over time with sort of the disruption that we're seeing? So uh, what, what, what can you tell us? What insights or observations have you seen or are able to make in terms of the last decade on um, who your clients are, what they're asking for? Is it, is it just same, same, you know, as it was a decade ago, ago or are the actual opportunities, clients and projects that you're working on, are they changing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously the theme of the conference this week, Smart Cities, is absolutely at the heart of that. Um, so smart cities, future mobility, you know, they're, they're really um, at the heart of our growth um, and, and of all our competitors as well. So I guess, yeah, the, uh, when you pull, um, pull the spectrum together, you've got what's changed over the years is absolutely the human experience. And so the need for um, both um, business to clients, and, but also thinking about our, end, our customers, end customers. So that's very much been a big shift for us as an organization. It's not just the clients that we work for directly, but who are their customers and how do we get into their shoes and really have empathy with their needs to be able to then help deliver to our, to our clients. So that whole human experience, I guess, has become much more central. Um, but obviously, digital data um, has been the big big shift for us as, as an industry. We are the last industry, um, or second to last industry, I think they say, to digitize. Um, but that has absolutely been um, been a force in, in the industry for the, for the last 10 years. So that data-driven insights is absolutely key now. Technology and advances in technology, obviously, um, impacting us as much as anybody else as well, and also the innovation side. So those kind of four key elements, I guess, of the data-driven insights, the innovation, technology, all leading into human experience, has really kind of starting to address the complexity of um, the urbanization and, and such like the, of the world in which we're, we're operating in. Um, and yeah, I guess it's that whole, and, and as a result of that, projects and expectations from clients are of course changing and data and digital is no longer the future. It's absolutely an expectation, an expectation now. And the need for us as organizations to work in kind of a, a highly network ecosystem. So no more is one organization working in isolation, but that opportunity to have ecosystem partnerships and projects driven through platforms, all those kind of things are, are very different than, than they were than they were 10 years ago. Mm. Let me sort of ask a final question before we, we sort of dig in here. Um, and, you know, as, as the role of consultant, I mean, to put it quite bluntly, I mean, you're, you're the trusted advisor, you're the expert, right? You, you're, you're expected um, to give, you know, a, a premium product or service for fee. I mean, that, that's how sort of this, the system works. So there's actually quite significant pressure on, on the likes of Arcadis and, and others in the marketplace providing, you know, services to clients. Can you give me a sense of, um, you know, how, how you, you sort of go about making sure that, that you're leading on the edge when it comes to uh, new processes, new platforms, new services, new interpretations, you know, it, it's, it, it's a, it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, assu I'm assuming. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, no longer is it about the quality of your um, service delivery in isolation. So, that, you know, of course, that's the that's just baseline, the, the as expected now. Um, so obviously, you wouldn't be here if that wasn't of top quality. But now it's much more about the the insights that you can give to clients and the um, the value add over and above your just your technical delivery, if that makes sense. Mm. So, yeah, I think for me, it's all around how do we as an organization make sure we're always um, looking to the future, creating thought leadership that gives our clients something different to think about and something different to recognize. It's that whole kind of being able to take different pieces of insight to your clients that they might not necessarily have the opportunity to, to explore or be aware of. Um, but for me, the biggest piece is all around the um, people-driven change. So, uh, at Arcadis, our digital disruption and our response to that has been very much around taking our people on the journey and taking a bottom-up approach um, to how we do that. So to really help all of our people to be speaking the same language around digital um, and helping everybody to understand the realities of what we believe are going to impact our organization now and in the future and really kind of keeping those simple focusing on those to enable that to be how we talk to our clients and how we help our clients to understand um, what will change now and, and over the coming years so for us it's been very much around how do we make sure all of our people are comfortable and going on the journey to be able to take their clients on that on that journey as well and have those have those challenging conversations and those opportunity conversations with with their clients okay well let's let's sort of look under the hood now at that process and what you've done internally so can you can you start by giving me a sense of um you know let, let's put a flag in the ground um when did this kind of start i mean when was the deliberate uh effort when when were you all called into the boardroom you know and and the decision made okay we need we need to have a a structured and methodical process internally by which we uh adapt and learn and build a culture that we can you know provide the best sort of services and advice it was there a moment in time that that sort of this this real most recent effort sort of kicked off and 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 why um I, to be fair i can't remember a, a specific point in time but certainly i'd say 2018 so the start of 2018 was very much when we started a lot of the development interventions globally to support the people driven change so um i think what we'd say is uh, our strategy period lasts uh, over a three-year cycle and i think i'd say the start of our um the start of our recent strategy period would have been where we'd started to focus around that more so i think it's certainly been in 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 there for a number of years but certainly 2018 was when we started that kind of real awareness campaign around evolution of of our business and um reaction to to the digital agenda as well so let, let's sort of get a sense of what the main components or key elements of this are like you know if it's that analogy of you know the elephant where do you start eating it can you give can you sort of break down the key the key attributes of this of this transformation this journey this this sort of set of programs and initiatives you've got underway yeah, certainly. So I think obviously for us, um, clients are always at the heart of everything we do. So the, the client focus um, and focus on client success was, was, I guess, the core driver for us. So for us, we very much wanted to do this through, through our clients and through our people. So making sure we're not just developing responses to digital or digital technologies 
in isolation and just doing that because we as an organization think it's a good thing to do. We've very much um, driven our transformation through um, responding to client needs. So bringing to clients innovations as we've been working with them on, on their projects um, was, was a key, key focus. And then, as I mentioned, um, very much one of our core values is people first. So for us, it was really important that we did take up that bottom-up approach to achieving this transformation. Um, so I guess those, those two things, bringing it to clients, having a people first, and then also having a really structured approach to it. So we've, um, so as I mentioned earlier, our vision has evolved as part of our, um, a part of our evolution. So we've moved from having purely that asset life cycle to now integrating the asset life cycle with the human experience. And that's been really, um, really integral to it. And as part of that, what we've done is um, broken down our transformation into horizons one, two, and three. So very much um, recognizing that it's an evolving approach and isn't going to be all achieved at one time. So what are the things we really want to focus on initially? And then what do we need to move into horizon um, two and horizon three around? So very much kind of to start off with that incubation scale, um, sorry, that scale period then through to incubation innovation um, sort of time period. So the structure, I'd say the client approach, the people approach and accepting that we can't do it all. So that vision being very much around H1, H2 and H3, um, I'd say has been central to it for us. So what does it look like day to day, Amy? I mean, are you walking around the office, peering over people's shoulders, making sure that they're sort of innovating? Is it a distributed model where the leadership team are sort of trained and briefed and then it sort of, it sort of filters down? How, how, do, how do you do this? Uh, what yeah. are some tangible examples of, of how you, you know, you, you sort of build that new culture of a, of a, of a real large sort of group of people. Yeah. And that, that, that word culture is the key thing for us. So as I mentioned, um, for us, it's been very much around that bottom up rather than top down approach. So from the start, and I guess your answer to your question earlier, 2018 was all about starting to invest in practical people focused initiatives. Um, so a couple of things happened in tandem, to be fair. Um, one was the launch of Expedition DNA, which is, I guess, the core pillar and cornerstone of our people-driven change. So Expedition DNA is a global program that we've developed um, with an online element called Basecamp, um, which has got um, uh, an on online learning program aligned to the four realities um, of digital that we, we focus in as an organization. and. That is about eight hours of online content, but in a really interactive, really different way of, of presenting it and very much focused on our organization. So there's a lot of kind of thought leadership in there, but very much helping our people to understand how what we as an organization have, have done um, and what we are doing globally in, in those areas. Um, with an expedition, so the idea is everybody completes base camp. Once you've completed base camp, you're able to apply to go on an expedition. And um, we run, um, we've just run our fifth expedition. The first one ran last June, so June 2018, and we've just run our fifth one. And an expedition is where 65 people, Arcadians globally, go over to um, a location in Belgium and have a four day intensive. Um, digital experience where they're working through one of those four realities um, and have a really kind of 
in-depth immersion in, into those. So um, that the expedition DNA has been very much our cornerstone. So once coming back from an expedition, then those participants are very much focused on the ripple effect that they can then create in their organizations. Mm. Obviously, 65 people each yeah. is a smaller proportion of our business. They have a responsibility when they then come back to create that ripple effect. And actually, um, we're now creating hike DNAs, so hikes in each region as well, so that we can get more people going going through that. So I guess Expedition DNA and Basecamp in particular was really uh, at a cornerstone. But at the same time, we also um, uh, partnered with a business school in Europe called Vleric, um, and all of our leaders, so 250 leaders globally, went through a digital leadership program. So we, we in here in Australia had a three-day program with 35 of us um, in the region going through that. Uh, and that was, that was in the May and we launched Expedition in the June. So the two very much happened in tandem so that we did make sure as a leadership team, we were all speaking the same language and speaking around the four realities. And then our people um, were brought on that journey through Expedition DNA as well. So there's, there's lots since then, but I guess to answer your question, those two were the first kind of um, interventions to really start to drive that change. Mm. So what are we talking about here? So it's been sort of one to two years now on, on this journey. Um, how, is, how is staff reacting to this? Are, are you sort of seeing positive change or is it a little bit too early? No, we really are. Yeah, really are starting to see change. Um, so I think uh, you know, what, 27,000 people, I think we've got 10,300, I want to say, um, people who have um, started on the base camp journey. So um, pretty good in terms of the number of people who are engaged with that. It's, it's not a compulsory, it's not mandatory, it's very much for people to be able to follow their passion and um, follow what's important to them. So yeah, just over 10,000 people have have gone into base camp. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's with any change. I think there's those people who have absolutely embraced it. We've seen a number of people. Um, so our now head of data analytics, he had nothing to do with digital um, or had done nothing in the data analytics space prior to starting Basecamp. Um, as a result of Basecamp and going on his expedition um, and coming to Vleric, he's now um, leading data analytics for us in the region and is absolutely, um, absolutely driving huge amounts of um, opportunities for our clients so we've seen some people really embrace it and their careers shift as a result which is you know which is obviously great and we of course have other people who um you know haven't bought into the journey as yet don't see it as having a, a an impact on our on our industry and on our organization and therefore are sort of reluctant to change but you know at the end of the day there are going to be people across that whole spectrum and for us it's all about how do we bring the majority how do we help people to understand this is a burning platform for our industry and and how can they as an individual um grow and develop in order to uh, be part of that change so yeah I'd, I'd say absolutely mixed but certainly positive from a people engagement perspective around recognizing as an organization we are evolving and their role in that mm. that's excellent to sort of see those real tangible results somewhat quite early in the program um amy you mentioned in a um in a response uh a couple of questions ago um i'm trying to remember it was sort of around uh working with ecosystem partners um and and sort of there's some changes in that world can, can you tell me a little bit more about that are, are you um uh are, are you sort of seeing and uh getting involved in 
new kind of um, partnership models or or you, you're you're teaming up more with with others that might be on the private sector can, can you sort of share with us how that world might be changing in terms of like I remember that I've been out of you know consulting for sort of 15 years now and back in the day it was you know I am ex-consultant and we're a one-stop shop yeah. you come to us you come to no, you go to no one else kind of thing is is, is 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 that sort of what you were playing on that that world and that mentality is also shifting as well yeah, absolutely. So for us, one of the four realities of digital is absolutely that ecosystem partnerships are going to be central. So absolute recognition that we cannot do it all um, and neither should we do it all. You know, we, we need to make sure as an organisation we're still focused on our strengths. And um, so, yeah, so it's absolutely the evolution we see is, is more partnerships. Whether those partnerships end up being, you know, sort of traditional competitors um, collaborating together, of course, we do that already on projects and as part of JVs, but where there's an element of that, whether it's um, partnering with um, startup organizations, whether it's partnering with different areas of experts, of course, all of that will depend on the different client needs. Um, we're Arcadis, so one of the ways that we've really focused on this as well as our innovation approach has been um, our partnership with Techstars. Um, so for us, we've um, uh, developed some initiatives with the startup accelerator Techstars. So as part of that, we've just finished our first round and we've just now actually um, out promoting to get um, technology startups to join us for the second round but we're looking for basically software-based startups with disruptive ideas around improving quality of life across mobility resilience resources urban development and regeneration um, so that for us has been a key thing of how can we help to drive some of those startups and be part of a part of that so that's part of our innovation and part of the ecosystem piece um, but yeah, we've not got, um, or I've certainly not got tip of my tongue, um, a lot of examples yet of where those um, part, ecosystem partnerships are playing out, but that's certainly what we see happening and as part of our, um, our evolution. Mm. Um, f fascinating. Um, I, I wanted to ask you a couple of nerdy HR questions if I can, <laughs> just out mm -hmm. of curiosity more than anything. Um, so question number one is, from your perspective of where you sit in the organization, you know, you've got a very horizontal view across everything. Is there a particular skill set um, that is in demand more, more than others? Is there, is there one that rises to the top? Uh, that's a very prominent question at the moment because a key focus for us um, is the workforce of the future. Mm -hmm. So, me personally, um, that is the, the most important kind of next step for us is really being able to. Uh, articulate to our people and to the you know external talent what is the what are the skill sets that we need but certainly at the moment our focus on growth has been around the digital translators the data scientists the data engineers and the analytics translators so those people both from the really technical side of things through to the how can you take the technical and translate that to client needs so that that has been a very cold kind of focus for us over the last I'd say probably 12 to 15 months mm -hmm. so I say we started with Expedition DNA and Vleric but since then we've got a number of other programs that we now um, we now deliver um, including design thinking we've got Code Orange which is very much around um, our, our, our data analytics professionals um, we're doing business model masterclasses to really help our people to understand how to take um, digital 
value to clients. So yeah, we've those four have I guess been the first ones we've started on, but now starting to kind of widen that more. And for me, the absolute critical thing is helping our people, particularly you know predominantly our businesses is engineers, how to help our engineers to understand what their role will be like in the next three, five, ten years time. Mm. So my follow up to that one is from a sector or market perspective, is there, is there a particular one that rises to the top in terms of uh, its appetite for, for disruption and embracing everything digital data and smart? I mean, is it, is, is it vertical infrastructure, horizontal infrastructure, asset management, you know, natural I, environment? Are you, are you sort of I think it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think, okay. Every, yeah. I, I, I just, the board. yeah. And we're, you know, examples of, um, projects that we're already delivering for clients is, is absolutely, um, absolutely across the board. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, Amy, probably last question now, um, this has been a fascinating conversation, but, um, uh, probably a more personal one for you. What, uh, what are you most excited about or looking forward to over the next 12, 24 months in, in your sort of role there? Yeah, good question. Um, I think for me, it is that workforce of the future piece. I mean, that's that's my background and my passion is all about um, the skills of the future and how we help our people to be ready for whatever the future brings. I think the challenge with that is we don't know what we don't know. So for me, it's about how do we get really clear on what we know, regardless of the future, are going to be the um, the capabilities and skill sets we need. So human is, of course, the, the value add as consultants that we will always bring um, regardless of technology evolution is the humans the human centered side of side of um, of consultancy so it's for me I'm really excited about helping our people to understand what skills are going to be needed and then building that capability um, uh, towards that so huge piece of work that's kind of starting for us at the moment um, but that that's um, I think going to be um, fantastic both in terms of our organizational change but really importantly for our people to be able to see their careers of the future and start to see the opportunities for them to, to grow and develop. Mm. And, and um, Amy just lastly um, later this week you'll be joining us in Sydney at Smart Cities Week, um, mm-hmm. somewhat sharing uh, this this sort of journey and and of course uh, process and uh, insights around uh, what you've done as an organisation at Arcadis. What uh, what are we sort of to expect during that session? What are you going to be sharing with us and our delegates? Yeah, so I'll be joined by two of my colleagues, Jamie Harrison and Gareth Robbins. Um, so Jamie heads up our smart cities um, solutions globally and Gareth Robbins leads our digital transformation as a whole in the region. Um, so yeah, I think for us it will be about uh, some of the some of the things we've talked about today in terms of how we started our journey and that client demand focus and people first. Then the sort of maybe some explanation around that structured the horizon ones to three that we talked about and then really importantly the how we brought it to clients so sharing some examples of um, clients that we've worked with and the sorts of um, the sorts of technologies we were already brought to those projects and how we were already innovating uh, I think will be a focus and really just to to talk to um, talk to how we've done it as an organization with that the bottom-up approach really well, we're looking forward to, um, uh, to to having you join us later this week, and of course, we don't want to give everything away on this uh, on this interview. But um, that's been a, that's been a great uh, sort of early set of insights, Amy. So um, thank you uh, so much for sharing and joining us on the Smart Cities Chronicles today. Thank you so much for having me. 
And for our listeners, that's been Amy Baxendale, uh, Regional HR Director for Arcadis uh, in Australia and Pacific. As, uh, as mentioned, they'll be joining us at Smart Cities Week uh, later this week. Um, for our listeners that aren't subscribing to The Chronicles, you can do so on your usual favourite platforms for podcasting. Uh, you can also head to our website, smartcitieschronicles.com. Uh, we always, always love feedback or ideas or suggestions. You can email us. The email address is chronicles at anz.smartcitiescouncil.com. My name's been Adam Beck, your host of The Chronicles. Uh, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to bringing you another episode very soon.